0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of The World of Percy Jackson. In this episode, we're going to read chapters 25 and 26, and in the last episode, we read chapters 23 and 24. And after the little conversation that Frank and Iris had, Frank had mustered the courage to go fight the three basilisks encircling the raffle store. Initially, he had struggled quite a bit, after rea- but after realizing how to use his spear, he summoned an army zombie named Greg. Grey and watched as his army zombie had effortlessly annihilated all of the basilisks one by one after the basilisks are gone were gone percy and hazel arrived to see what happened what happened but were lost by what they had witnessed as the basilisks that were once encircling the store were completely gone frank doesn't explain to percy and hazel what exactly happened and points on that they need to continue their quest in order to find phineas and So that Phineas can help them find Thanatos and free Thanatos so that Gaea does not have utter control of the Doors of Death. So now we're going to read chapter 25, Percy. It wasn't as hard as they thought. The screaming and the weed whacker helped. They brought lightweight polar tech jackets with their supplies. So they bundled up against the cold rain and walked for a few blocks through the mostly deserted streets. This time, Percy was smart and brought most of his supplies from the boat. He even stuffed the microbiotic jerky in his coat pocket in case he needed to threaten any more killer whales. They saw some bicycle traffic and a few homeless guys huddled in doorways, but the majority of Portlanders seemed to be staying indoors. As they made their their way down Gleason Street, Percy looked longingly at the folks in the cafes enjoying coffees and pastries. He was about to suggest that they stop for breakfast when he heard a voice down the street yelling, HA! Take that, stupid chickens! Followed by the revving of a small engine and a lot of squawking. Percy glanced at his friends. You think? Probably. Frank agreed. They ran toward the sounds. The next block over, they found a big open parking lot with tree-lined sidewalks and rows of food trucks facing the streets on all four sides. Percy had seen food trucks before, but never so many in one place. Some were simple white metal boxes on wheels uh, with awnings and serving counters. Others were painted blue or purple or polka dotted with big banners out front and colorful menu boards and tables like do-it-yourself sidewalk cafes. One advertised Korean-Brazilian fusion tacos, which sounded like some kind of secret radioactive cuisine. Another offered sushi on a stick. A third was selling deep-fried ice cream sandwiches. The smell was amazing. Dozens of different kitchens cooking at once. Percy's stomach rumbled. Most of the food carts were open for business, but there was hardly anyone around. They could get anything they wanted. Deep-fried ice cream sandwiches? Oh, man, that sounded way better than a weed germ. Unfortunately, there was more happening than just cooking. In the center of the lot, behind all the food trucks, an old man in a bathrobe was running around with a weed whacker screaming at a flock of bird ladies who were trying to steal food off a picnic table. Harpies, said Hazel, which means that's phineas frank guessed they ran ran across the street and squeezed between the korean brazilian truck and a chinese egg roll burrito vendor the backs of the food trucks weren't nearly as appetizing as the fronts they're cluttered with stacks of plastic buckets overflowing garbage cans and makeshift clotheslines hung with wet aprons and towels the parking lot itself was nothing but a square of cracked asphalt marbled with weeds In the middle was a picnic table piled high with food from all the different trucks. The guy in the bathrobe was old and fat. He was mostly bald, with scars across his forehead and a rim of stringy white hair. His bathrobe was spattered with ketchup, and he kept stumbling around in fuzzy pink bunny slippers, swinging his gas-powered weed whacker at the half-dozen harpies who were hovering over his picnic table. He was clearly blind. His eyes were milky white, and usually he missed the harpies by a lot, but he was still doing a pretty good job fending them off. "'Back, dirty chickens!' he bellowed. Percy wasn't sure why, but he had a vague sense that harpies were supposed to be plump. These looked like they were starving. Their human faces had sunken eyes and hollow cheeks, their bodies were covered in molting feathers, and their wings were tipped with tiny shriveled hands. They wore ragged burlap sacks for dresses. As they dived for the food, they seemed more desperate than angry. Percy felt sorry for them. The old man swung his weed whacker. He grazed one of the harpy's wings. The harpy yelled in pain and fluttered off, dropping yellow feathers as she flew. Another harpy circled higher than the rest. She looked younger and smaller than the others with bright red feathers. She watched carefully for an opening, and when the old man's back was turned, she made a wild dive for the table. She grabbed a burrito in her, car, in her clawed feet, but before she could escape, the blind man swung his weed whacker and smacked her in the back so hard, Percy winced. The heartbeat yelped, dropped the burrito, and flew off. Hey, stop it! Percy yelled. The heartbeats took that the wrong way. They glanced over at the three demigods and immediately fled. Most of them fluttered away and perched in the trees around the square, staring dejectedly at the picnic table. The red-feathered one with the herd back flew unsteadily down Gleason Street and out of sight. Ha! The blind man yelled in triumph and killed the power on his weed whacker. He grinned vacantly in Percy's direction. Thank you, strangers. Your help is most appreciated. Percy bit back his anger. He didn't meant to help the old man, but he remembered that they needed information from him. Oh, whatever. He approached the old guy, keeping one eye on the weed whacker. I'm Percy Jackson. This is demigods, the old man said. I can always smell demigods. Hazel frowned. Do we smell that bad? The old man laughed. Of course not, my dear, but you'd be surprised how sharp my other senses became once I was blinded. I'm Phineas, and you, wait, don't tell me. He reached for Percy's face and poked him in the eyes. "'Ow!' Percy complained. "'Son of Neptune!' Phineas exclaimed. "'I thought I smelled the ocean on you, Percy Jackson. I'm also son of Neptune, you know.' "'Hey... yeah... okay.' Percy rubbed his eyes, just as lucky as related to this grubby old dude. He hoped all sons of Neptune didn't share the same fate.' First, you start carrying a man satchel, and next thing you know, you're running around in a bathrobe and pink bunny slippers chasing chickens with a weed whacker. Phineas turned to Hazel. And here, oh my, my, the smell of gold and deep earth. Hazel Levesque, daughter of Pluto, and next to you, the son of Mars. But there's more to your story, Frank Zhang. Ancient blood, Frank muttered, Prince of Pylos, blah, blah, blah. Perisolamia per, Perisola Menace. Perisolamia Menace. Of course, exactly. Oh, he was a nice fellow. I loved the Argonauts. Frank's mouth fell open. Whoa, whoa, whoa wait. Per, per, perry who? Phineas grinned. Don't worry. I know about your family. That story about your great granf- grandfather? He didn't really destroy the camp. Now, what an interesting group. Are you hungry? Frank looked like he'd been run over by the truck but Phineas had already moved on to other matters. He waved his hand at the picnic table. In the nearby trees, the harpies shrieked miserably. As hungry as Percy was, he couldn't stand to think about eating with those poor bird ladies watching them. Look, I'm confused, Percy said. We need some information. We were told that the harpies were keeping my food away from me. Phineas finished. And if you helped me, I'd help you. Something like that, Percy admitted. Phineas laughed. (laughs) That's old news. Do I look like I'm missing any of my meals? He patted his belly, which was the size of an overinflated basketball. Um, no, Percy said. Phineas waved his weed whacker in an expansive gesture. All three of them ducked. Things have changed, my friends, he said. When I first got the gift of prophecy, eons ago, it's true Jupiter cursed me. He sent the harpies to steal my food. You see, I had a bit of a big mouth. I gave away too many secrets that the gods wanted kept. You turned to Hazel. For instance, you're supposed to be dead, and you... You turned to Frank. Your life depends on a burned stick. Percy frowned. What are you talking about? Hazel blinked like she'd been slapped. Frank looked like the truck had backed up and run over him again. And you... Phineas turned to Percy. Well, now, you don't even know who you are. I could tell you, but of course, uh, but uh, ha! what fun would that be? And Bridget O'Shaughnessy and shot Miles Archer in the Maltese Falcon. And Darth Vader is actually Luke's part the father. And the winner of the next Super Bowl will be got it, Frank muttered. Hazel gripped her sword like she was tempted to pommel whip the old man. So you talk too much, and the gods curse you. Why did they stop? Oh, they didn't, the old man arched his bushy eyebrows like, Can you believe it? I had to make a deal with the Argonauts. They wanted information too, you see. I told them to kill the harpies, and I cooperate. Well, they drove those nasty creatures away, but the Iris wouldn't let them kill the harpies in outrage. So this time, when my patron brought me back to life, your patron, Frank asked. Phineas gave a wicked grin. Why, Gaia? Of course. Why do you? Who do you think opened the doors of death? Your girlfriend here understands. Isn't your? Isn't Gaia your patron too? Hazel drew her sword. I'm not his. I don't- Gaea's not my patron. Phineas looked amused. Yet if he had heard the sword being drawn, he didn't seem concerned. Fine. If you want to be noble and stick with a losing stat, that's your business. But Gaia is waking, uh, waking. He's all. She's already rewritten the rules of life and death. I'm alive again. In exchange for my help, a prophecy here. A prophecy there. I get my fondest wish. The tables have been turned, so to speak. Now I can eat all I want. All day long and the harpies have to watch and starve. He revved his weed whacker, and the harpies wailed in the trees. They're cursed, the old man said. They can only eat food from my table, and they can't leave Portland. Since the doors of death are open, they can't even die. It's beautiful. Beautiful? Frank protested. They're living creatures. Why are you so mean to them? They're monsters, Phineas said. And mean? Those feather-brained demons tormented me for years. "'But it was their duty,' Percy said, trying to control himself. "'Jupiter ordered him to, ordered them to.' "'Oh, I'm mad at Jupiter, too,' Phineas agreed. "'In time, Gaea will see that the gods are properly punished. "'Horrible job they done, or ruling the world. "'But for now, I'm enjoying Portland. "'The mortals take no notice of me. "'They think I'm just a crazy old man shooing away pigeons.' "'Hazel advanced on the seer. "'You're awful,' she told Phineas. YOU BELONG IN THE FIELDS OF PUNISHMENT!" Phineas sneered. (laughs) One dead person to another, girlie? I wouldn't be talking. You started this whole thing. If it weren't for you, Alcyonius wouldn't be alive. Hazel stumbled back. Hazel? Frank's eyes got as wide as quarters. What is he talking about? (laughs) HA! Phineas said. You'll find out soon, Frank Zhang. Then we'll see if you're still sweet on your girlfriend. But that's not what you're here about, is it? You want to find Thanatos. He's being kept at Alcyonius' lair. I can tell you where that is, of course I can, but you'll have to do me a favor. Forget it, Hazel snapped. You're working for the enemy. We should send you back to the underworld ourselves. You could try, Phineas smiled, but I doubt I'd stay dead very long. You see, Gaia has shown me the easy way back, and with Thanatos in chains, there's no one to keep me down. Besides, if you kill me, you won't get my secrets. Percy was tempted to let Hazel use her sword. In fact, he wanted to strangle the old man himself. Camp Jupiter, he told himself. Saving the camp is more important. He remembered Alcyone as taunting him in his dreams. If they was- wasted time searching through Alaska, looking for the giant's Slayer, Gaia's army would destroy the Romans and Percy's other friends, wherever they were. He gritted his teeth. What's the favor? Phineas licked his lips greedily. "'There's one harpy that's quicker than the rest. "'The red one,' Percy guessed. "'I'm blind! I don't know colors!' "'The old man growls. "'She's, at any rate, she's the only one I have trouble with. "'She's Willie. She's wily that, that one. "'Always does her own thing, never roosts with the others. "'She gave me these.' "'He pointed at the scars on his forehead. "'Capture that harpy,' he said. "'Bring her to me. I want her tied up where I can keep an eye on her. "'Ah.' so to speak harpies hate being tied up it causes them extreme pain yes i'll enjoy that maybe i'll even feed her so that she lasts longer percy looked at his friends they came to a silent agreement they would never help this old creepy old man on the other hand they needed to get his information they needed a plan b oh go talk among yourselves phineas said breezily i don't care just remember that without my help your quest will fail and everyone you love in the world will die now off with you bring me a harpy And that's the end of chapter twenty-five. That was certainly a very, very interesting chapter. But I wonder how exactly this rivalry between uh, between Phineas and um, the Harpies began. Because overall, I I feel that the two of them are, you know, are really they're they're on they're on war with each other like half the time. And I do think that. You know, Phineas has so much food that he, I, I, it would be nice if you could give it to the harpies. Maybe they could back off. But I guess, I guess he doesn't choose to give some food to the harpies because. But hopefully, what happens is Percy and the and the rest are able to find a loophole of some sort and still be able to get information from Phineas. But also not let any of the harpies get hurt. Because they didn't they didn't really hurt anybody. They're just trying to get food. They're just trying to survive. So I feel that if they're able to make Phineas understand that it's wrong to do something like that. Then I think we can see some character development in Phineas possibly. So next chapter and after the break we're going to read chapter 26. And see how exactly um, what the plan that the trio is going to do in order to beat phineas at his own game and be able to still get the information that they need so after the break we'll read chapter 26 percy and we're back from the ads and now we're going to read chapter 26 percy we'll need some of your food Percy shouldered his way around the old man and snatched stuff off the picnic table. A covered bowl of Thai noodles and mac and cheese sauce and a tubular pastry that looked like a combination burrito and cinnamon roll. Before he could lose control and smash the burrito in Phineas's face, Percy said, Come on, guys. He led his friends out of the parking lot. They stopped across the street. Percy took a deep breath, trying to calm down. The rain had slowed to a half-hearted drizzle. A cold mist fell good on his face. "'That man.' "'Hazel smacked the side of a bus stop bench. "'He needs to die. "'Again.' "'It was hard to tell in the rain, "'but she seemed to be blinking back tears. "'Her long, curly hair was plastered down the sides of her face. "'In the gray light, her golden eye—her gold eyes looked more like tin.' "'Percy remembered how confident she'd acted when they first met, "'taking control of the situation with the Gorgons "'and ushering him to sa- safety.' She'd comforted him at the shrine of Neptune and made him feel welcome at camp. Now he wanted to return the favor, but he wasn't sure how. She looked lost, bedraggled, and thoroughly depressed. Percy wasn't surprised that she had come back from the underworld. He'd suspected that for a while. The way she avoided talking about her past, the way Nico D'Angelo had been so secretive and cautious. But that didn't change how Percy saw her. She seemed, well, alive. Like a regular kid with a good heart who deserved to grow up and have a future. She wasn't a ghoul like Phineas. We'll get him, Percy promised. He's nothing like you, Hazel. I don't care what he says. She shook her head. You don't know the whole story. I should have been sent to punishment. I'm I'm just as bad. No, you're not. Frank bawled his fists. He looked like he was searching for anybody who might disagree with him, enemies he could hit for Hazel's sake. She's a good person, he yelled across the street. A few harpies squawked in the trees, but nobody else paid them any attention. Hazel stared at Frank. She reached out tentatively, as if she wanted to take his hand, but was afraid he might evaporate. Frank, she stammered, "I I I I don't, unfortunately, Frank seemed wrapped up in his own thoughts. He slung his spear off his back and gripped it uneasily. "'I I could intimidate that old man,' he offered. "'Maybe scare him. "'Frank, it's okay,' Percy said. "'Let's keep that as a backup plan, "'but I don't think Phineas can be scared into cooperating. "'Besides, you've only got two more uses out of the spear, right?' "'Frank scowled at the dragon's tooth point, which "'which had grown back completely overnight. "'Yeah, I guess.' Percy wasn't sure what the old seer had meant about Frank's family history. His great-grandfather destroying camp, his Argonaut ancestor, and the bit about a burned stick controlling Frank's life. But it had clearly shaken Frank up. Percy decided not to ask her for explanations. He didn't want the big guy reduced to tears, especially in front of Hazel. I've got an idea, Percy pointed up the street. The red feathered harpy went that way. Let's see if we can get her to talk to us hazel looked at the food in his hands you're gonna use that as bait more like a peace offering percy said come on just try to keep the other harpies from stealing the stuff okay percy uncovered the side thai- the tie noodles and unwrapped the cinnamon burrito a Fra- fragrant steam wafted into the air they walked down the street hazel and frank with their weapons out the harpies fluttered after them, perching on trees, mailboxes, and flagpoles following the smell of food. Percy wondered what the mortals saw through the mist. Maybe they thought the harpies were pigeons and the weapons were lacrosse sticks or something. Maybe they just thought the Thai mac and cheese was so good they needed an armed consort. Escort. Percy kept a tight grip on the food. He's seen how quickly the harpies could snatch things. He didn't want to lose his peace offering before he found the red-feathered harpy. Finally, he spotted her, circling above a stretch of parkland that ran for several blocks between rows of old stone buildings. Paths stretched through the park under huge maple and elm trees, past sculptures and playgrounds and shady benches. The place reminded Percy of some other park, maybe in his hometown. He couldn't remember, but it made him feel homesick. They crossed the street and found a bench to sit on, next to a big bronze sculpture of an elephant. "'Looks like Hannibal,' Hazel said. "'Except it's Chinese,' Frank said. "'My grandmother has one of those.' He flinched. "'I mean, hers isn't twelve feet tall, but she imports stuff from China. We're Chinese.' He looked at Hazel and Frank who were trying not to, hard not to laugh. "'Can I just die from the embarrassment now?' he asked. "'Don't worry about it, man,' Percy said. "'Let's see if we can make friends with a harpy.' He raised the Thai noodles and fanned the smell upward. Spicy peppers and cheesy goodness. The red harpy circled lower. We won't hurt you, Percy called up in a normal voice. We just want to talk. Thai noodles for a chance to talk. Okay? The harpy streaked down in a flash of red and landed on the elephant statue. She was painfully thin. Her feathery legs were like sticks. Her face would have been pretty except for her sunken cheeks. She moved in jerky bird-like twitches, her coffee-brown eyes darting restlessly, her fingers clawing at her plumage, her earlobes, her shaggy red hair. Cheese, she muttered, looking sideways. Ella doesn't like cheese. Percy hesitated. "Your, Your name is Ella? Ella, Ayla, Harpy, in English, in Latin. Ella doesn't like cheese. She said all that without taking a breath or making eye contact. Her hands snatched at her hair, her burlap dress, the raindrops, whatever moved. Quicker than Percy could blink, she lunged, snatched the cinnamon burrito and appeared atop the elephant again. God, she's fast, Hazel said. And heavily caffeinated, Frank guessed. Ellis sniffed the burrito. She nibbled at the edge and shuddered from head to foot, cawing like she was dying. Cinnamon is good, she pronounced. Good for harpies. Yum. She started to eat, but the bigger harpies swooped down. Before Percy could react, they began pummeling Ella with their wings snatching at the burrito. No! Ella tried to hide under her wings as her sisters ganged up on her, scratching with her claws. No! She started. No! Stop it! Percy yelled. He and his friends ran to help, but it was too late. A big yellow harpy grabbed the burrito and the whole flock scattered, leaving Ella cowering, shivering, on top of the elephant. Hazel touched the harpy's foot. I'm so sorry. Are you okay? Ella poked her head out of her wings. She was still trembling. With her shoulders hunched, Percy could see the bleeding gash on her back where Phineas had hit her with the weed whacker. She picked out her feathers, pulling off tufts of plumage. Small, Ella. She started angrily. Weak, Ella. No cinnamon for Ella. Only cheese. Frank glared across the street, where the other harpies were sitting in a maple tree, tearing the burrito to shreds. We'll get you something else, you promised. Percy set down the Thai noodles. He realized that Ella was different, even for a harpy. But after watching her get picked on, he was sure of one thing. Whatever else happened, he was going to help her. Ella, he said, we want to be your friends. We can get you more food, but friends, Ella said, 10 seasons, 1994 to 2004. She glanced sideways at Percy, then looked in the air and started reciting to the clouds. A half-blood of the Del Eldest Gods shall reach 16 against all odds. 16, you're 16, page 16, mastering the art of French cooking, ingredients, bacon, butter. Percy's ears were ringing. He felt dizzy like he just plunged 100 feet underwater and back up again. Ella? What was that you said? Bacon. She caught a raindrop out of the air. Butter. No, before that, those lines. I know those lines. Next to him, Hazel shivered. It does sound familiar, like, I don't know, like a prophecy. Maybe it's something she heard Phineas say. At the name Phineas, Ella squawked in terror and flew away. Wait, Hazel called. I didn't mean, oh God, am stupid. It's all right, Frank pointed. Look, Ella wasn't moving as quickly now. She flapped her way to the top of a three-story brick building and scuttled out of sight over the roof. A single red feather fluttered down to the street. "'You think that's her nest?' Frank squinted at the sign and the building. "'Multnomah County Library?' Percy nodded. "'Let's see if it's open.' They ran across the street and into the library. A library wouldn't have been Percy's first choice for some place to visit. With his dyslexia, he had enough trouble reading signs. "'A whole building full full of books?' That sounded about as much as fun as Chinese water torture or getting his teeth extracted. As they jogged through the lobby, Percy figured Annabeth would like this place. It was spacious and brightly lit, like with big vaulted windows, books, and architecture. That was definitely her. He froze in his tracks. Percy? Frank asked. What's wrong? Percy tried desperately to concentrate. Where had those thoughts come from? architecture, books. Annabeth had taken him to the library once, back home, and and the memory faded. Percy slammed his fist in the side of a bookshelf. Percy? He was so angry, so frustrated with his messing memories that he wanted to punch another bookshelf, but his friend's concerned faces brought him back to the present. I'm... I'm alright, he lied. Just got dizzy for a second. Let's find a way to the roof. It took them a while, but they finally found a stairwell with roof access. At the top was a door handle with a handle alarm, but someone had propped it open with a copy of War and Peace. Outside, Ella the Harpy huddled in a nest of books under a makeshift cardboard shelter. Percy and his friends advanced slowly, trying not to scare her. Ella didn't pay them any attention. She picked at her feathers and muttered under her breath like she was practicing lines for a play. Percy got within five feet and knelt down. Hi. Sorry we scared you. Look, I don't have much food, but... He took some of the macrobiotic jerky out of his pocket. Ella lunged and snatched it immediately. She huddled back in her nest, sniffing the jerky, but sighed and tossed it away. Not from his table. Ella cannot eat. Sad. Jerky would not be good for harpies. Not from... Oh, right, Percy said. It's part of the curse. You can only eat his food. There has to be a way, Hazel said. Photosynthesis, Ella muttered. Noun, biology, the the synthesis of complex organic materials. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. It was the age of wisdom. It was the age of foolishness. What is she saying? Frank whispered. Percy stared at the mound of books around her. They all looked old and mildewed. Some had prices written in marker on the covers, like the library had gotten rid of them in the clearance sale. She's quoting books, Percy guessed. Father's Almanac, 1965, Ella said. Start breeding animals, January 26th. Ella, he said, Have you read all of these? She blinked. More, more downstairs. Words, words can calm Ella down. Words, words, words. Percy picked up a book at random a tattered copy of a history of horse racing. Ella, do you remember the um, third paragraph on page sec- 62? Secretariat, Ella said instantly, favored 3-2 to two in the 1973 Kentucky Derby, finished at standing track record of 159 and two-fifths. Percy closed the book. His hands were shaking, word for word. That's amazing, Hazel said. She's a genius chicken, Frank agreed. Percy felt uneasy. He was starting to form a terrible idea about why Phineas wanted to capture Ella. And it wasn't because she'd scratched him. Percy remembered that line she'd recited. A half-blood of the eldest gods. He was sure it was about him. Ella, he said, we're going to find a way to break the curse. Would you like that? It's impossible, she said. Recorded in English by Perry Como Como, 1970. Nothing is impossible, Percy said. Now look, I'm going to say his name. You don't have to run away. We're going to save you from the curse. You just need to figure out a way to beat Phineas. He waited for her to bolt, but she just shook her head vigorously. No, no, Phineas. Ella is quick, too quick for him. But he wants to chain Ella. He hurts Ella. She tried to reach the gash on her back. Frank, Percy said. You have first aid supplies? On it. Frank brought out a thermos full of nectar and explained its healing properties to Ella. When he scooted Cole closer, she recoiled and started to shriek. Then Hazel tried, and Ella let her pour some nectar on her back. The wound began to close. Hazel smiled. See? That's better. Phineas is bad, Ella insisted. And weed whackers, and cheese. Absolutely, Percy agreed. We won't let him hurt you again. We need to figure out how to trick him, though. You harpies know him better than anybody. Is there any way we can trick him? No, Ella said. Tricks are for kids. 50 Tricks to Teach Your Good Dog by Sophie Collins. Call number 63636. Okay, Ella. Hazel spoke in a soothing voice like she was trying to calm a horse. But does Phineas have any weaknesses? Blind. He's blind. Frank rolled his eyes, but Hazel continued patiently. Right. Besides that. Chance, she said. Games of chance. Two to one. Bad odds? Call or fold. Percy's spirits rose. You mean he's a gambler? Phineas sees big things. Prophecies, fates, god stuff. Not small stuff. Random, exciting, and he's blind. Frank rubbed his chin. Any idea what she means? Percy watched the harpy kick at her burlap dress. He felt incredibly sorry for her, but he was also starting to realize just how smart she was. I think I get it, he said. Phineas sees the future. He knows tons of important events, but he can't see small things like random occurrences, spontaneous games of chance. That makes gambling exciting for him. If we can tempt him into making a bet. Hazel nodded slowly. You mean if he loses, he has to tell us where Thanatos is. But do we have to wager? What kind of game do we play? Something simple with high stakes, said, like two choices. One, you live. One, you die. And the prize has to be something Phineas wants. I mean, besides Ella, that's off the table. Sight, Ella muttered. Sight is good for blind men. Healing? Nope. Nope. Gaia won't do that for Phineas. Gaia keeps Phineas blind, dependent on Gaia. Yep. Frank and Percy exchanged a meaningful look. Gorgon's blood, they said simultaneously. What? Hazel asked. Frank brought out those two ceramic vials he retrieved from the little Tiber. Ella's a genius, he said, unless we die. Don't worry about that, Percy said. I've got a plan. And that's the end of chapter 26. I think Ella is... Definitely an exception compared to the previous monsters we've read in the pre- That was a great chapter, by the way. But, um, I think Ella is definitely an exception to the previous monsters that we've seen throughout the entire series. And the previous series as well, because we're usually seeing these monsters as very rough, scary, and only wishing to serve their master, whether it be Gaia or Kronos or whoever it is. But Ella is a bit different, because even though harpies are considered as monsters- You know these harpies are technically very peaceful with the trio and all they just need is to survive all they want is to survive and have some food but unfortunately they can't do that because of the curse that they're under in order to only eat phineas's food so we'll have to figure out what happens and then we'll have to see in the next chapter on how exactly are they going to use those two vials which One is poison and one is perfectly safe. How are they going to use those two vials and how are they going to be able to pick the right one? So next week we'll read chapters 27 and 28 and see how exactly this game of chance goes between Phineas and the trio. And until next week, stay safe and stay out of boredom.